if you're not sure if you want to do it professionally, but you're open to it, I would honestly say just do what feels fun for you. That might lead you down the path of deciding you want to start performing and deciding that you want to release music and do things like that. Allowing yourself to not put pressure on figuring out what you want to do or how you want to do it is something that can give you so much freedom and allow you to ultimately have more success whether you want to keep it as a hobby or if you do want to do it professionally. Hey, this is Jason Tonioli. I'm a piano player that grew up believing it wasn't possible to earn a living and support a family with music. I've proven that idea was wrong and have met hundreds of other people who have found success with their music. This podcast features stories of musicians who have found their own personal version of success and fulfillment in both music and life. This podcast is meant to inspire musicians and help them believe in their abilities and motivate them to share their talents with others. This is the Successful Musicians Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is Katie Zaccardi. So she is a friend of mine that known for several months now, and she is a musician, business coach, mindset strategy coach. She's got a ton of expertise in branding, kind of helping monetize your music online as well. You worked with a lot of musicians over the years, but for the Successful Musician Podcast, Katie, welcome and want to just kind of dive in and tell us a little bit about your story. I know you grew up loving to play piano, just like most of us Loved piano and had maybe a mean mom that made us play, but we probably fought a little <laughs> bit right? about that. Yes. And I will say that my mom meant so well, but I can remember vividly sitting at the piano playing, like not wanting to play for Elise and her just being like, play it one more time and then you can leave it. Me being like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I totally grew up the kid who did everything piano. I was self-taught at guitar, eventually picked up ukulele always resisted the structure and like classical thing and wanted to just play pop music and write my own music. And so that started pretty early on. And eventually my very smart mother said, okay, you can be a musician, but you have to know what you are doing so you don't get screwed over when you go into the industry. So she suggested I go to school for music business instead of just getting like an arts degree. And I did. And so I studied that at NYU. And while I was there, I kind of built up my own indie artist career, released an EP and a couple singles, did crowdfunding campaigns, got press, started gigging all over New York City, and learned so much <laughs> that I now am able to teach musicians from that experience. But of course, when I graduated college, I felt this pressure to get a real job, as they like to say. So I did. It took me a while, but I got a job in music publishing. And in that interim time of graduating and getting that job, I decided to do my yoga teacher training. And the reason for this was that I had struggled with anxiety throughout college and was yoga was really the only thing that helped me with it. And I also felt really alone in that journey in general, but also in music. Nobody really talked about it, but the more I looked around, the more people seemed burnt out and tired and stressed and anxious. And so eventually... Over years, I had to get myself out of this burnout and learn how to really take care of myself and manage my time and manage my energy and set boundaries and do all these things. Fast forward to about two, three years down the line, I was just tired of working in music publishing. It was not filling my soul. And I knew that I wanted to help more people. And I knew that I want to help musicians specifically. I saw a lot of, as I said, women in music in particular around me who were struggling with the same things that I had struggled with earlier on in my journey. And so I decided to start my career as a wellness coach. That's what I called myself at the time. 
So it was really focused on like mindset, wellness, time management, coaching, but pretty quickly evolved to incorporate strategy as well, because I've always loved strategy and they always ultimately wanted it and has pivoted since then to really just be a holistic approach to strategy and mindset. So the bulk of what I focus on with my clients is clarifying your brand, creating your brand, building a fan base online, and then nurturing those fans and introducing an offer that you can sell so you can make money online. And we do that with strategy, obviously, but we also incorporate a lot of mindset strategies or breakthrough techniques and just working through these things that might come up on a more emotional level as you're going through the process. Because if you don't work through those, it can often be hard to reach the goals that you want to reach. So that's kind of the quick and dirty of it. <laughs> so you really didn't expect to be, I mean, this wasn't something you, as a little kid, you're like, I'm going to be a mindset coach. I mean, it's not no. something that comes up on the list of firemen and police officer and nurse type of list <laughs> as a kid. Not quite. Honestly, I feel like I sometimes resist it too, because I do love the strategy, but it's in the mindset work that really magic happens. And that's, I think, where I also am set apart from a lot of other coaches out there, because there's a lot of hustle-based coaches, and a lot of people who come to me are like, I feel so burnt out because I did this program and that program, and it was just like so intense, and like I feel so lost. But also there's just so much strategy out there. Like strategy is easy. Strategy is what people go towards. But a lot of times, as I just said, like what keeps people stuck is not just the strategy. And to be honest with you, I think that if I hadn't struggled with anxiety, if I hadn't done my UA teacher training, which seems so out of left field, like why would I talk about that in a podcast? But that's what really led me down the path to getting more in touch with myself, just point blank myself. And it's in that that gave me the tools to be able to help musicians with that as well. And of course, as musicians, we need that. Like you're writing music from your heart, from your soul. So why wouldn't you want to be in touch with yourself in these other ways that help you grow your career as well? It's interesting. So you have these musicians that you run across that are saying, hey, I think I maybe need some help. What are some common things that you see happen with a lot of, whether they're actual musicians or just somebody in the music career or somebody that has music as a hobby? What are some of the challenges you feel like they run up against? I think that a lot of people are sort of like disillusioned with the music industry and discouraged. And there's a couple different levels that that can happen or ways that it can show up. Obviously, there's a lot of like broke mindset out there that sometimes comes from actual experience. And sometimes it comes from just stories where a lot of the music industry talks about how there's no money in the music industry. So how could you believe anything else when you're just kind of trained to believe that? I also see a lot of people, though, who just feel... I think I would just say exhausted. Like they've really tried to put their self out there on social media and they're not seeing the results. So they kind of just throw their hands up in the air and they're like, it's not going to happen for me. Nobody likes me. Nobody likes my music. Like all hope is lost. But yet they don't want that to really be the truth. Otherwise they wouldn't get help. You know what I mean? They haven't quite given up. However, their mindset has given up. Like their heart hasn't. Their heart and their body and soul are still in it and desperately want to make it in music. But their thoughts are telling them like, you can't do this. <laughs> You're never going to make it. The views so far on your TikToks have shown that nobody likes you. You should just stop now. And so it's that kind of stuff that really can hold you back. Because of course, if you're constantly stuck in this mindset loop, you're not going to want to move forward. And you're not going to know how to move forward in a way that feels confident and what I like to say aligned. So like a big part of what I teach is taking aligned action, meaning doing things because they are what you want to do. They're what feels fun to you, what feels good to you. Honestly, what feels strategic to you, because there's a lot of different strategies you can use, but you have to figure out what makes the most sense for you, your creativity, your ideas, your expertise, your personality, et cetera. 
So finding what's aligned and really tapping into that is largely based on mindset because you have to be able to get behind that. You can do something that's like the top strategy, but if you don't believe it's going to work or if you're not really behind it or you don't feel confident doing it, it's probably not going to work. So that's where the mindset comes to play. So it feels like, okay, this is somebody who wants this as a music career. If we go back even more into, think of my teenage years for the kids, they just want to play for fun. What advice would you have for those types of people that are thinking, maybe doing piano, maybe they're doing guitar, whatever it is. What advice do you have for that younger musician that doesn't even know if they want to do music as a career, but if they did, what are the things you wish that person would focus on more? Oh, that's such a good question. I think that if you're not sure if you want to do it professionally, but you're open to it, I would honestly say just do what feels fun for you. And that might lead you down the path of deciding you want to start performing and deciding that you want to release music and do things like that. I feel like allowing yourself to not put pressure on figuring out what you want to do or how you want to do it is something that can give you so much freedom and allow you to ultimately have more success, whether you want to keep it as a hobby or if you do want to do it professionally. One of the biggest things that, honestly, this goes for business owners in general. (laughs) Like, this is a lesson I still am learning. But especially musicians, it's like the second you say, like, I have to make money from this, or I have to have 100,000 followers on TikTok, or I have to do this. That's the second that you start to just have these obstacles in front of your goals that make it so much harder to actually get there that you're putting there for no reason. (laughs) I mean, obviously, sometimes goals are helpful. I'm not saying don't set goals. But if you can allow yourself the freedom to just experiment and try new things and see what feels good before you kind of have to put things of like, all right, now I really have to make money from this, you will most likely find more joy out of it. You'll probably get better at it and you'll likely find opportunities that will get you to where you want to go without it being some like hard and forced, stressful thing. I think that's some great advice. I just think of the young musician person all the way up into the older one, like you were just talking about. So the whole podcast is based around successful musicians. So how do you define success or help people that you're coaching them through? What do you define as success for those individuals? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's funny because I was just enrolling for one of my programs, Out to Launch Patreon Edition. And somebody on a application call asked me that very question. He was like, what is successful? Like how many patrons does someone need to get or how much money does someone need to make for you to say that they had a successful launch? And what I told him is exactly what I'll say right now was that I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. What matters is that my clients feel successful. I think a lot of times we can, like I said, put so much pressure on ourselves to hit certain numbers, not because we want to do it, but because we are comparing ourselves to other people. And so taking some time to really just think about what do you want out of this? I heard someone say recently that you should start to define success, not as the result, but the fact that you did it and you gave your all. And I really, really love that. But I also think that sometimes success is just, okay, I get to play music for an hour and have the time and freedom to do that. Or maybe for others, it is I get to make a full time living doing this. But I try not to get too caught up in the actuality of it because For some people, it might be they make money touring. For others, it might be that they get to play music all the time, but most of their money comes from coaching or a part-time job or a full-time job. And all of that is successful as long as it's what you want out of your life. So take some time to define what that looks like for you and what that means for you because nobody else can tell you what success looks like. And all that matters is that you feel fulfilled and you feel joy or whatever other emotions you want in your life. 
That's great advice. It's interesting as I, my growing up, a lot of people that have been in music have probably grown up and they've gone to church and there's got the person playing the organ or the piano or whatever in the bands. Or, and I think as I look at some of these musicians, some of those people that seemed happiest in the music was when they were serving or helping. I've got mm. friends that'll go and play at the hospital or they'll go play at some nursing homes. And frankly, when you talk to them about music, they just light up. But it's one of those where I think your advice of like, find what you love or find what brings you joy. And if that's serving and helping other people, do it. I think you're exactly spot on with the money. When you add that money element into the music, it does at some point start to take a little bit of that joy that you might have by just sharing a piece of your soul with others. I think it's so important with music for all of us to, to keep in mind. Yeah. And I think that can be okay. Like there's nothing wrong with making money from music. And I think, believe it or not, there's a lot of people who get tripped up with that concept because it's like, well, I love doing it. I shouldn't charge people. I shouldn't make money. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Like you deserve to be paid for your work. And on the flip side, I feel that just as a society and culture, we've somehow made it out that the only way you're successful in music is if you have a major record deal and are making like millions of dollars. And that's not true either. You can be a successful musician, again, by just defining what success is for you. Like, maybe you don't want to get signed. Maybe you don't want to have a huge following. Maybe you do just want to play local gigs with people that you can really connect with and make a part-time or full-time living or no money from it, right? Like, it's just about the joy that it brings you. So for me, it's just about, like, smashing these kind of expectations that you might have or that other people might have because it's not about them. And no matter which way you go, whether you're making money full-time or you're not making money full-time, there is all these things that can bubble up from it. And so again, just get in touch with what you want. Right. This wasn't supposed to be a coaching session, but I'm learning a lot as I'm looking back at some of the things I've done. I look at some of my first albums and some of my books. When I originally started writing music, I honestly could have cared less if somebody else liked it or not. Yeah. And I made some music to share with other people. And then it just happened that people were like, oh, we want to get some books. I just, I printed like 50 copies to share with friends, families, and a few fools, I guess, when you do these album. And it's like, all of a sudden people did like it. I think some of my music came about because I didn't care. I did it for me and, oh, I really probably should share this, but it was never intended to. And then still to this day, I, there's, I think there's a lot of the times where the music I try to do for myself that I know helps other people. I know that other people are enjoying it, but if they didn't, that's not my motivator. And I think as you start trying to support your family or do that, it definitely adds a whole nother layer of call it success or whatever. But I'm not sure if there's the money factor is a healthy success layer to add in if you want to really yeah. be a good musician. Well, also like social media, because I hear that same thing from people who are like, I don't want to get on social media because I don't want to like write music for TikTok or complaining that like all of these artists are just making music so it can go viral. It's not like genuine. And the thing is like, I hear you because yes, some people do that. But this is another instance where create for you. Now, I say this to my clients that you want to market for others. And I can expand on that if you want, but like create for you. People can see through if you have written a song just to go viral on TikTok. And it probably won't go viral because they can see it's not genuine. But when you create for you, that's the stuff that people emotionally connect with or want to hear more of. So I think that this is so important to like in the creation process, take everything out. Don't worry about making money. Don't worry about going viral. Don't worry about any of those things. Just say what you want to say. And then when you go to that next stage of like marketing it, that's when you want to bring in the business strategies and okay, who's going to relate to this and how can I talk about it? But that's different from actual creation of your art. 
I know you've done a lot of kind of social media consulting or help with TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. But I know there's a lot of artists that compare their success on, well, do I have this many followers? People don't like me or they do like me. And I think it's a really dangerous thing for artists to even try to compare to others. I know for me, some of the most loyal fans sometimes, or there might be a hundred, or maybe there's just two loyal fans and you've impacted two or 10 or a hundred people, whatever, trying to compare it to a million people that really could have cared less who you were. And they just scrolled through you. I'd much rather have a handful of really close friends or people that really cared than a million people that just happened to see my thing because I was viral. Yeah, I agree. And I think that like, we put a lot of meaning into things that we don't necessarily know about. Like you can see someone who has more followers and assume that they're better, they're more successful, they make more money, they have kept more money. Like we don't know any of these things that maybe they're happier. You make that assumption based on these small factors, right? Oh, they have 100,000 followers. I have 5,000. Well, they must be so happy and rich and everything's easy for them and yada, yada. When those things aren't true, not necessarily at least. And so again, just like finding those pieces of joy and gratitude for what you do have and just focusing on yourself, that's the only thing you can control. That's the only truth that you know to be true. And you know, there's always a story that you're not seeing. Sometimes I feel like we can get frustrated as musicians or even business owners when you see someone who just blows up overnight. But like, did they really? Maybe they're putting in years and years of work before that. And it just appears to be a certain way. And it's hard, trust me. I sometimes will literally block people on Instagram or TikTok because I'm like, it's not that I don't like you, but you are kind of like triggering me. Like you're getting me into my comparisonitis and I feel like I'm not good enough or that I'm constantly watching what you're doing or how your numbers are going and then feeling bad. Well, I'm going to work on that, but I also might block you just so I'm not seeing it (laughs) so that I can kind of like get out of that. So yeah, it's so important to do that, I think. Well, any other advice you have for younger aspiring musicians that you wish somebody would have passed along to you that you want to share? I think that the biggest thing that I have learned is that it takes work. You might be like, duh, obviously. (laughs) But a lot of people, I think, aren't willing to try new things or aren't willing to work on themselves or work on their business skills, right? I'm a creative, I can't do business, or I'm doing the strategy and nothing else is wrong without thinking, oh, maybe there's a mindset block. And so being open-minded and being willing to do, like literally just implement what you're doing, what you're uh, learning, constantly learning about things and then implementing that and being willing to try new things and say, okay, where can I improve? Is it musically? Is it personally? Is it business savvy that I need to improve on? Really being open to learning and expanding is what will set you apart from others and allow you to grow. Because a lot of people out there are not. They are not learning. They are not working on themselves. They are not even implementing what they already do know. And so those simple things really make such a big difference. Absolutely. And it's so easy to find hundreds of paid courses out there that'll teach you anything. I mean, you can go to school as well, but I think we have so many things at your fingertips with YouTube and then podcasts. I mean, the more you get into podcasts with people you follow, I mean, you've done, I know, several hundred episodes, I think, of your podcast. There's so many gold nuggets that people can get for free that can help you kind of expand your knowledge base from super smart people who charge tens of thousands of dollars, some of them, 
they give all this information oftentimes on podcasts for free. Yeah. And that's such a great example of it. Like there's other people who are listening to the same podcast as you, but are not implementing a dang thing that they have learned. And so if you can even just take one thing that you learned and put it into action, and maybe it doesn't work for you, but now you have learned if it doesn't work for you and you can go from there, that already is going to put you ahead. Absolutely. There was an email I had over just over the weekend from somebody I follow that's done a ton of consulting, but he talked about how he does, he was doing speeches all over and big conferences and I mean, tens of thousands of people he's getting in front of. But he said, people would always say, hey, do you got a minute? I want to bounce this idea off you. And he basically said, I was doing this all the time because he's a very helpful person and wants to help. And he goes in the email, he says, I realized that all of these people that want a minute of my time or want to pick my brain, they don't ever do anything. And he Mm -hmm. said, I had this realization that unless if they were willing to pay for the advice and willing to pay for the time. So he charged like $5,000 for four hour consult is what he started doing. Nice. Is what his story. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. Good money. I, I wanna, need to start doing that. Right. Okay. <laughs> but what it made me kind of step back and realize is like, there's all these people that want to just pick your brain, but again, doing something and getting to work and getting off your butt and doing something. And maybe that's charging for it. And I think it's one of those, maybe you step back and say, well, gosh, would it actually help people if I was charging for that consult or even just for the time when people value the input and advice you're going to get? It's so much more fulfilling when both of us, I'm sure we've helped hundreds of people and given advice, but how many of them actually went and did anything? And it just made me step back and say, gosh, would I be doing a favor to that person to charge them even some amount so that now they actually feel like, well, man, I paid this much money to have this advice. Yeah. I got to get my money's worth, so I better do something about it now. So 100%. And I think that the accountability aspect in it is huge as well. Like I give this example to take it outside of coaching. Because I get how you might say, well, you're biased. Obviously, you want people to pay you. But I think of it with yoga. One of the first things I said on this podcast was I am literally a certified yoga teacher. But I got out of my yoga routine and I can do it myself without any video. I can just do it if I wanted to. I also could put on any of the thousands of free videos on YouTube. And yet I'm still not doing it. But what makes me stay accountable and actually show up is when I pay a yoga studio every month to have like a monthly membership because then I go to class because I'm accountable because my money is going somewhere. Then I get to connect with other people. There's like a lot of other wins that come with it, but it's the same thing. And so there's somebody who you're showing up to when you pay for consultation or coaching or mentorship or whatever it is. And by being able to not only have your money on the line, but also have someone else on the other side who's helping you that you can kind of like report to or or share the wins with, share the updates with, kind of holding you accountable. I think that makes a huge, huge difference as well. I played piano growing up and I think of my piano lessons. And the only reason I ended up practicing is because my mom would hold me accountable. And it's the same concept when you're a young kid of like, if somebody cares, then you'll follow through on it. But when, if somebody else doesn't care, that's certainly not going to happen. Yeah. So some great advice. Katie, I think we're about out of time, but if people want to go look up or learn more about you, where should they go to find more? So you can go to katiezacardi.com and that'll pretty much send you everywhere (laughs) that you need to go. I have a podcast called The Out To Be Podcast and we have two seasons out now, two long seasons, so it should last you a while. And otherwise, I'm on Instagram at katiezacardi and TikTok at katie.zacardi. Awesome. Well, Katie, it's been awesome talking with you. Some great advice. Appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Jason. Hey, it's Jason here and I hope you've gotten a lot of value out of this episode. Be sure to check out our show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you'd like to support our podcast, there's a few things that you can do to help us grow. 
First, if you hit subscribe, it will help ensure that you don't miss a future episode. Second, if you'll share it with your friends on social media or send it via email or message, it helps us spread the word as well. And third, if you'll leave an honest review, it really helps with the algorithms so that other people can find our podcast. Finding success and fulfillment in the music industry is possible, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.